Good morning. Uh, The reading this morning is from John, chapter 17, and verses 13 to 19, and that's on page uh, 1085 in the church. Jesus said, I am coming to you now, but I say these things whilst I am still in the world, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them. For they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself that they too may be truly sanctified. If you've, uh, if you've been around over, over the last few years, you'll know that it's been our, our pattern and our, our habit at uh, this time of year to set aside a t- Sunday when we do, do a little bit of uh, thinking ahead, uh, and we call it Vision Sunday. Um, uh, there are some things to say about um, an exercise like this. Um, I suppose that the first thing to say is that um, as we do some thinking about what we believe God might have in store for us over the coming 12 months, um, we're not claiming any level of, uh, of infallibility um, over that. Um, we've prayed, we've thought, and we've talked to, together, a number of us um, in leadership positions, um, and uh, setting before you what we feel persuaded uh, God would have um, us to, um, to particularly be focusing upon. Um, but we could be wrong, couldn't we? Um, and uh, God might have very different plans for us. Who knows? We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, uh, never mind over the whole course of the next 12 months. So we need to be humble, um, even as we try and set a vision. Um, second, we're going we're to base ourselves in these uh, verses. Um, but there is so much there. I'm not going to be able to be comprehensive on everything that Jesus has to say, um, even in those few verses from his prayer um, uh, in John 17. Um, um, we're also particularly going to pluck out one of the four foundations that we have identified. Um, uh, we think in terms of, of belonging, of community, uh, of maturity as believers, um, and as mission outreach. Um, uh, and we're particularly going to focus in what we think about this morning on, on one of those, the mission one. Um, but, of course, that doesn't mean that nothing's going to be going on in the other three areas, um, uh, but just that uh, God might, uh, for a time, have us uh, think further uh, about this area. So if you'd um, love you to have John 17 uh, open in front of you, uh, we're going to uh, think through it for a few moments together now. It's on page uh, 1085 um, in those red Bibles. Part of Jesus' prayer for his disciples um, as he prepares to to go to the cross um, and therefore depart from them. Uh, This is um, uh, how he prayed for them. Um, And there are three things that I want us uh, to um, to be seeing here. Three things that Jesus seems to say need to be true of Christian believers, of Christian disciples. Um, Here's the first of them. Uh, That Christian believers should be distinct from the world. Um, And then that means 
uh, that uh, very often uh, the world will not like that. In case you were under any illusions, um, the, the, the talk I gave earlier on um, when we were all together and the children were here as well, um, let, me, um, let me fess up um, and say that that talk was largely for you. Um, I will be fascinated, um, those of you who are parents, to, to find out what your children made of it and what they've taken away from it. Maybe I'll be surprised and actually uh, there will be all sorts of things that would have permeated through. Um, but in all sorts of ways, actually... Um, I had you in mind uh, as we looked at that together. Because I was trying to convey something that I think is very important, but kind of hard to, hard to, to, to explain. And I thought seeing something visually might help. I was trying to capture something of what I believe has happened over the last 60 or 70 years um, in our culture uh, here in the West. See, you wind back to the 1950s, I know not many of us were alive in the 1950s, but you can cast your mind back to that period of history. Well, back in the 1950s, um, our culture here in the West was still kind of, if I can put it like this, pretty Christian. Um, The ethics that people had, um, the the worldview that people had, um, was still very, very much shaped by Christian belief and Christian thinking. So that, for somebody who was, like, like Bill, um, living as a Christian, well, our culture was such that somebody who wasn't a Christian kind of would, would be quite close to them in their preconceptions, in their assumptions about the way that the world worked, the things that mattered, and so on. Yeah? Um, of course, there was still a huge gap between the two of them. It still matters hugely whether you believe or you don't believe. But nevertheless, kind of, as it were, in terms of their thinking, their, their, their presumptions about the world, pretty close back in the 1950s. But wind forward to the present day, to 2019, and things are very, very different. You know that. I don't need to persuade you of that. The way that the world thinks, the way that our culture thinks today has changed dramatically. The gap, if you like, between uh, the way that a Christian sees things and the way that somebody who is not a believer in the Christian faith sees things has become huge. Uh, That was the point of of moving down there and suddenly finding that that Bill's non-believing friend was way over there now. Um, and, and if you represented it visually like this, um, I, I've been having lots of discussions with, um, with my mathematical friends. Um, I, I, not, I don't know if that's an exponential curve, but um, it's some sort of a curve. And the point of that curve um, is that the, the speed of movement away is increasing dramatically. Do, do, do you sense that? Yeah, the, the, the shift in our culture over the last few years even, the last five years, have been dramatic. Huge cultural shifts are taking place um, just in the space of the last five years. Um, And so uh, we are aware of of a culture, if you're a Christian believer, I'm talking to to those of us who are Christian believers, I know some will still be thinking things through, and and that's great. But for for those of us who, who are Christian believers, 
we will know that the, the world around us, that the way that the non-Christian world is thinking, is moving away from our convictions very, very rapidly. Um, and I think that makes it scary. Because I, I guess um, it's easy to see how you begin to sense that if the people in my workplace, if the people in my, my non-Christian friendship group, if they knew what it is that I believe about judgment and heaven and hell, if they knew what it is that I believe about sexual ethics and the way that God has made us uh, to live in his world, if they knew what I believe about gender issues, if they knew what I believe about the unique and absolute claims of Jesus Christ over every single person, they would be outraged. It would, be, it would seem utterly, utterly impossible, outrageous for me to hold those beliefs if they knew that I held them. In a relative postmodern age, such ideas just aren't allowed. And as Jesus says, I've given you my word and the world has hated you for it. So what do we do? What do we do? We find that we end up keeping a low profile. Yeah, maybe people know that we go to church, but we let them assume that we have one of those kind of sort of mild, inoffensive, kind of bland kind of faiths. You know, the kind of faith that says, wouldn't it be nice if everyone was happy? Um, and that's about it. You know, we kind, of, we kind of allow that way of viewing our church going because we know that if we did fess up to the, 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 the actual things that we're convinced of from Scripture... Well, we don't know how people would react. We're scared about the way that people react. And I think the result of that is that, is that we go a little bit fuzzy. We end up just sort of blurring, sort of watering down uh, what we believe. And, and that, if you like, was, was kind of what I was trying to say um, by taking Bill right over alongside his non-believing friend. I was saying, that's kind of what happens. We kind of let go of the stuff um, that the Bible teaches. We just sort of go soft on that. Um, and without kind of realizing it, actually we end up just absorbing the things that the world says are right, the way that the world thinks. And it's no surprise if then we've got nothing much left to say. See, in other words, we become indistinct. Our message becomes indistinct because we have become indistinct in the world. But Jesus, in these verses, is calling us to stand out. He talks about being sanctified. Um, the idea behind being sanctified is, is kind of being set apart. And he says that, uh, uh, for them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified, truly set apart, in order that they can be distinct in the world for me. And to do that, even if it does mean ruffling feathers. Because Jesus ruffled feathers as well. So, first, 
Jesus calling Christian believers to be distinct from the world, uh, even though the world doesn't like that. And then secondly, uh, Jesus tells believers that they should engage with the world. Let's see it there in verse 15. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. Um, I I don't know if this is a good way of thinking about it, but um, the idea seems to be that Jesus is almost saying, look, to be a Christian believer in the world um, is to be like like, like you're behind enemy lines, like you're in occupied territory. Because for the moment, uh, evil and and, uh, the God of this age uh, rules. Jesus is Lord, and one day his lordship will become clear. But for the moment, the God of this age seems to rule. Um, And so it's as if we're behind enemy lines. But Jesus says the point is not that he's he's about a a sort of a a saving private Ryan sort of endeavour. You know, and he's going to send a task force in and, and pluck you out from behind enemy lines and bring you somewhere and keep you somewhere where you're safe. That's not what Jesus says, is it? He says he's going to leave us in the world, engaging with the world, and therefore we will need the prayers for protection that he prays here. But so often we're not all that keen on that, are we? We don't like the idea. Um, of being in enemy territory. And so we retreat to safety. It it is a lot easier, isn't it, to to do Christian stuff um, here, as it were, in our kind of Christian bubble. Um, And my fear is that uh, in all sorts of ways um, we can end up finding that, that, that we do Christianity here on a Sunday where it's safe. And we do Christianity in our small groups, because that's safe too. And we do Christianity in conversations with our Christian friends, because that also feels safe, because we're all on the same page. But that's where it ends. We just do our Christianity in the ghetto, if you like, behind the walls, where it's safe, not out there where it feels a little bit scary. And I would be surprised if at this point some of you aren't thinking, well, it's all right for you to say that. Because as far as I can tell, you spend your entire life in this building, Steve Mitchley. I don't even know if you ever leave those doors. Wherever I spot you, you're here. So it's all pretty safe for you, isn't it? You're just in that little bubble. Um, And I would say fair cop. I mean, in all sorts of ways, you're right. Um, when I was chatting through some of these ideas with people over the last few weeks, um, someone sent me an email, um, and they said, for goodness sake, whatever you do, don't use any illustrations from your working life as a doctor 30 years ago. Because they said, it won't wash. Things have changed so much in 30 years. In many ways, you have no idea just how hard it is uh, in the workplace today. Uh, And uh, at the end of the first service, uh, somebody came and said exactly that, described some of the things that are being asked of them in their workplace uh, and making me realize just how hard it is to maintain our distinctiveness 
uh, when the views that are being taken as true uh, in our workplace are so different. So, fair cop, I I understand that. Um, uh, And uh, I can only acknowledge it. But I do see here that however hard it may be, Jesus is telling us to stay engaged. He's saying that it won't do for you to retreat out of the world, however tempting it may be to get back in the Christian bubble uh, where it feels safe. So Jesus says uh, that we are to be distinct from the world, we're to engage with the world, and that's why he prays for our protection. Uh, And then finally, um, that he sends us to the world to be in it, but not of it. Verse 16. Praying to his Father, he says, They, my disciples, they are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. He's asking us to do what he has already done. And the parallel with Jesus is really helpful, isn't it, in all sorts of ways. Because you kind of think that the way that we need to go about this, the, the, the kind of the style, if you like, uh, of this engagement has been patterned for us by Jesus. You know, like Jesus, we should be bold. Jesus didn't fear the opinions of others, did he? He was determined simply to bring glory to his Father, to please his Father. And if that meant that people were upset with him, well, he wasn't going to let that silence him. He was bold. We should be bold like Jesus. But like Jesus, we should be wise to think carefully how we speak. To, to, as it were, try and understand what's going on in another person's mind and heart so that we can speak wisely, thoughtfully. So it doesn't feel like we're just shouting. That was, that was the idea. So often, our communication across this big gap just ends up, feels, feels like we're just shouting at people just sort of shouting these Christian truths. And people just think, well, you're just, you're just weird and you're angry. What's the matter with you? And we've got to find, got to, got to find a, a wise uh, and loving way uh, to bridge that gap in a way that communicates. But like Jesus, we've got to be ready to challenge. We've got to be ready to unsettle. If you can remember, if you have a point in your life, um, as I did, a point where you became a Christian, uh, you may have grown up as a Christian, but maybe, the, maybe there's a moment, then I'd be surprised if many of us wouldn't say that prior to that came a period of being unsettled, of what we were hearing from Christian believers just unbalancing us, making us realize that, you know, I, I don't feel, I, I'm making sense of this. And, and there was a period of being unsettled before uh, the truth of the gospel made sense to you. Well, like Jesus, we should be ready to unsettle people. He was doing that all the time, wasn't he? He would tell parables that would just get under their skin. Uh, Like Jesus, we need to be convinced. We need to believe wholeheartedly the truth of this gospel. Believe the things about eternity. And my fear, to be honest, is that because because so often we do operate in two modes. And if you know what I mean by that, you know, we have a way of thinking and being and talking when we're in Christian world. 
Uh, and then we have a very different way of thinking and being and talking when we're around our non-Christians, friends. My fear is that gradually our conviction that this is true gets eroded because we know we're not being consistent. We know that if we really believe the things that we say we believe, things would be different out there in the world in the way that we act and think. And because they're not, we quietly somehow deep inside begin to think, well, maybe they're not true. Maybe I am just playing a game here in my Christian bubble. That's what I fear. All too often, when we are in the world, we simultaneously become of the world. And on the other hand, when we manage to be not of the world, it's only because we've stopped being in the world. It's a hard thing that Jesus is calling us to do, to be in the world, right in the midst of it, engaged with it, but not of it, distinct from it. So here's our vision uh, for the coming year. Here's what God would have us do, I believe, because Jesus tells us to do it. Um, He would have us um, set about the business of keeping faith in the world. And that'll mean challenging one another to be distinct from the world. It'll mean encouraging one another to stay engaged with the world. And it will help one another to be in the world but not of it. Uh, And I think it's a great calling upon us as God's people at this time. As we close, just just four specifics um, that I want to suggest to you that I think um, will help with that. Um, First of those, um, in this coming 12 months, we're going to pray. Our prayer 150s, um, our monthly gathering together as a church, um, we're going to pray every time we're going to hear from somebody about their endeavours in this area, whether it's their experience in the workplace, their experience with a non-Christian circle of friends, their engagement with some non-Christian family members, and just get them to say a little bit about how that's going, um, the struggles they're facing, what it is they're trying to do, um, and then pray for them. And obviously pray for lots of others who will kind of sympathize with their, with their experience and, and know it's much the same. Um, yeah, at our prayer meetings, you know, we'd, we'd typically, wouldn't we, we'd, we'd hear a little bit of news about Sunday Club, uh, a little bit of news about Tuesday Central, a little bit of news about um, small groups, whatever it is, and then we'd pray. But you see what that is? I mean, that's good to do, but it means we're just praying about the stuff we do, the stuff in here. And I want to make sure that every single prayer meeting for the next 12 months, we hear something about what it's like as together uh, we try and live out there, distinct Christian believers, and pray about that and make that a focus. So we'll pray. Um, uh, Secondly, uh, we're going to think. Um, The the point about the slightly bizarre washing line, um, if if you're wondering, um, is is to try and say, listen, if we're going to bridge that gap and the message is going to get across um, as we intend it to, it's not going to be easy. We've got to do some hard work. We've got to understand how our non-believing friends think, you know, what, 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 their, what their worldview actually is. 
in order to be able to see how we can engage with it most effectively. And then we've got to think, well, what kind of things do I need to say? What kind of conversation would be useful that will mean that the truths of the Christian gospel get across and it doesn't just feel like I'm angry and shouting? And to that end, um, it was very funny, actually, in the, in the first service, um, as it happened, um, Josh Kellard um, uh, was sat up there on the back row there, and the, and the washing line was going straight past him, and he had to sort of hold it with his hands to help guide it on the way. Um, and I thought, well, that's fun, because Josh Kellogg works for Christian Heritage. And the thing that Christian Heritage is trying to do is to think about exactly this thing. So there was something sort of rather visually lovely about, you know, Josh was helping this to happen. Uh, and I'm very glad that um, Josh's boss, Andrew, um, is, uh, has agreed to, to take on, Andrew Fellows, agreed to take on um, four talks in a Culture Matters series. Um, you'll see it in the program card, maybe. Um, uh, and Andrew's going to help us to, to think a bit about the way that, that, that our culture is thinking and to notice not only how that thought is going on, which is really important, but if we're going to he- talk helpfully to our friends, but also to notice how, oh, hang on a minute, the way that the non-Christian world is thinking, gosh, I'm thinking like that and I didn't even realise it. That too we need to notice. Um, lest, without realising it, our message becomes blurry and fuzzy and indistinct because we've begun to think the way that the world thinks without knowing it. Okay, so so, um, the other thing we're going to do to that regard is um, all of our books of the term for this year are going to be in this territory. Um, The first of these is is Dan Strange's book, um, Plugged In. Um, Dan spoke at our church weekend away um, four years ago, I think, um, and he thinks really well um, and uh, got, got great sort of analysis and insight to, to what's going on in our culture at the moment. Um, so that's the first, and we'll make sure that all of the other books in the, uh, that we have as books of the term uh, speak into the same territory. Okay, so we're going to pray, we're going to think, um, we're going to prepare, um, we're committing ourselves. It feels like a long time ahead, 2021, um, but um, I think it'll take that time to think intelligently and wisely and then to gather people. I think we'll, we'll have some dedicated prayer meetings to prepare for some, some kind of outreach. Will it be a, a week of outreach events? Uh, will it be a whole series of, of, of some sort of events or discussions or dialogues or whatever? Um, I guess we need to think together and you maybe need to tell me, because as you know, I spend all my time in this building, um, you need to come and tell me what would be most useful you know, what kind of events would you find it easiest to, 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 to bring people to um, so that we can plan uh, um, those kind of events uh, for something significant in 2021? Um, we're going to invest time and money and prayer into that. And then finally, we're going to do... Um, uh, there's all sorts of ways we could set about doing this. I don't want us to, to, to wait. I want us to, to begin to do it. Um, but one of the things is, is we're going to... Um, resurrect something that I think we did probably more than a decade ago. Um, And we called it Bridge Builders then, good a name as any. Um, The idea is that if you're in one of our small groups here at Christchurch, the idea is that that you might think between now and the end of the year um, about whether or not you might decide to um, to step out of your small group um, for, for six or seven months from January through to July. Uh, and stop going to your small group meetings entirely um, and use the extra time that that gives you in your, in your week 
um, to foster, to develop, um, to engage um, with non-Christian friends. It may be you know that you've got some really good non-Christian friends who you're just not managing to find time to see. Um, and this little bit of extra time would allow you to meet up with them more often. We've got to be careful, haven't we? It's very easy. We just fill, fill our diaries with church stuff. be one of the ways in which we end up living in the bubble. Um, and so it may be the right thing to do um, is to switch off um, attending a small group in order to engage like that. Maybe you've got some neighbours and you think, I've just never got to know my neighbours. Um, I could invest in the people who live in my street um, in a significant way in the next six months. Um, maybe I could start up a hobby that I used to have because that will get me back into spending some time uh, with, some, um, with some non-Christian friends uh, in a fresh way. And, and the point is not um, you know, that, that I'm, I'm just interested um, in converting people. Um, I want to be a friend. It's good, right, to, to be a good friend. Um, but as I'm a good friend and I show interest in them and they show interest in me, chances are the things that matter to me will come up in conversation, just as I'll ask them about the things that matter to them. It won't be for everyone, this. Um, if, you are, if you're just getting going as a Christian, I'd say don't come out of your small group. Stay in your small group um, and get well-established in the faith. Um, if you're spiritually you're feeling sort of wobbly, um, and a bit unsettled, then don't come out of your small group. Um, stay in. Uh, might only be a tiny group. Might just be um, five or six people um, from the whole church who commit to this, for all I know. But I think even then, they will be a prompt to the rest of us uh, to think in this area. Um, so there are four things, uh, four specific things that we're going to do um, alongside uh, everything else uh, this coming year. Um, Good to pray um, about these issues. Um, and um, we'll do that in the week of prayer um, in a few weeks' time, and we'll flag up those meetings in due course. But it'd be good to do that now. Um, and um, I'd like to do this in a slightly different way. Um, I'm going to suggest um, that in a, in a slightly sort of risky way for us, I'm going to invite people to, to see if you might want to come to the front and pray um, after this next song. So it may be that as I've been speaking um, and we've been thinking about these things or as you've looked at Jesus' words, um, you, know, you feel prompted. You feel sort of um, in some way um, stirred by what you're seeing here uh, that Jesus is putting before us and you'd love to come and lead the rest of us in prayer. I'm hoping that God might be prompting a few of those because otherwise I really am going to be Billy No Mates at the front on my own at the end of this next song. Um, but so, so don't leave it to everyone else. Uh, you feel prompted, uh, come to the front, uh, gather during the course of the song. Don't wait for the last verse, then I'll be getting nervous. Um, find your way to the front. We don't normally do this in case you're unfam- This is, we're not really very spontaneous, are we, really, as a church? Let's, let's face it. So, um, little, little step into the spontaneity uh, zone. That's good for us, isn't it? Um, so, go with me. Um, we're going to stand and we're going to sing about the great gospel Uh, that we have, the the great love that God has uh, for us. And if you feel prompted, find your way to the front during the song.